Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Aaron Ng and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and much, much more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Ask any parent and they will very likely will say that parenting is the most rewarding thing they have done and yet also the hardest. As we highlight the difficult topic of experiencing pain in the family this month, we want to be honest and have a good look at the pain spots we experience in parenting. With us today is Daryl Cole, a dad of two who's an educator and having a background in education, he definitely has lots of experience guiding young people. Daryl, welcome to the ParentNet Podcast. Hello, hi. Hi, Daryl. Could you give our listeners an introduction of yourself? How long have you been married and how old are your children? Oh, wow. How long have I been married? Okay, I've been married since 2004. So this would be probably 16 years. No, 17 years. Oh, my. That's pretty long. <laughs> okay, um, I have uh, I've been in education for 20 years. I just received my... How do I know that? Because I just received my 20 years long service award. Okay, that's 20 years. Uh, my children, they are 14 and 12. Yeah, so yes, I have two daughters. So how did parenting change your life? Wow, how did parenting change my life? A lot. <laughs> um, I just read recently that, uh, that when you first become a parent, the first thing that happened in the neurons of your brains is that the emotional part of your brains light up. Yeah. And I think that's very natural that when uh, human beings, I think we are created in such a way where we have children, the, the natural instinct of nurturing, of care, instantly light up. And, but that, that aside, uh, I still remember my own experience when I was first, uh, first delivered my first kid in the delivery room. My first experience was, yes, there was some form of like, wow, now I have to take care of this little one. But there is also this sense of fear because, you know, when the, when the nurse gave you the baby, nah, your daughter, the first thing I was looking at is, wow, such a fragile life, you know, and I have such huge responsibility. And the first thing I thought to myself is, I don't know where to start. What, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, so it was, was quite an experience going forward. And it was not easy for me because, uh, truthfully, all my life I've taken care of uh, by my parents and all. And then suddenly I have to take care of somebody else. So it was not an easy journey at the start of it. A lot of adjustment as well. So I remember one of the things was, um, it was very physically, it was tiring. Right? You have sleepless nights. I remember my first girl when she was a baby was very difficult. She, she doesn't sleep at night. She sleeps in the day. So and I, can I can remember, I can still remember trying to try to change a sleep cycle. I'm not going to be a very good parent now when I say this. I try to pour cold water on the little one, our baby, uh, to make her wake up in the day. Uh. But she just cannot, uh, just sleep throughout. And then at night, it will be like, she's active and all. So I remember it was torturous for me and my wife. Uh, sleepless night, I gained weight. 
<laughs> gain lots of weight then. It's like, oh dear, you know, I don't have time to exercise. I don't have, uh, you sort of lose a lot of time of your own, right? So, and then, then there's this tension, tension part with your wife, right? You, in the past, you were both a couple, you can do things together. Then you suddenly find that there isn't any much time with each other. And then you fight over like who should wash the milk bottle, how come I cannot go for my own exercise when I want to play my soccer game with my kakis, you know, and understand then she will complain, why are you not at home? Yeah, all this tension just builds up. So you really have to readjust. Yeah, and so, so that's, these are the things uh, we, I, I remember having to go through. Yeah, as a, as a young parent. Wow, it sounds like you know you had lots of uh, transitions, a lot of changes that, that affected you. Um, but yeah, at the same time, you, you mentioned earlier that the neurons light up and you, you say that um, there's this role that now you have to play and you are like the protector, you are the father who, of this young life. Um, I, I, I guess you were really, the fact that you were fearful shows that you were responsible. You know, is this... Uh, there's this kind of attitude that you have that, yes, now I am responsible of this young life uh, that is in my hands. But, you know, for the rest of the parents that you probably interacted with, um, what are some challenges or what are some pain points that they may experience? Maybe not like the ones that you had, but um, now that they are parents and they don't really know how as well, what are some pain points that these parents may face? I, I just think that... Firstly, parenting is, uh, I mean, to me, as I reflected about this, is that we all want to be good parents. <laughs> you can experiment or, you know, you're like going for a lesson, you try and then go back and practice. Uh, it's a, and it's a lifelong thing. So I always remember the secret of good parenting is by the time you know the secret is too late. Because <laughs> by then your parents, your, your kids grow up ready, right? So you have no chance to redo and undo. So... And, and I think all of us, I believe all of us want to be good parents. So it's the how to be a good parent that is not easy. And a lot of times I think it's difficult also because we parent how we were parent. Yeah. So I was afraid because I don't know whether how I was experienced as a, uh, from a child's point of view should be the right way of doing. And, and, and sometimes even worse, sometimes I, I, I also told myself some of us uh, we, we, we may parent how we will parent, but we also sometimes we also don't want to parent how we will parent. Mm -hmm. so, so we had this always, you know, I don't want to, if, if I am a father, I will not re redo what my parents do to, to ourselves, right? So then, then what is the way? So I think a lot of times uh, as I was going through, a lot of it is really learn, learn from others who have gone before me. I look to friends, uh, mentors who have actually gone ahead of me, who have done something with their children, say, so what do you do? How do you do it? I read and I find out for myself. And a lot of times it's, yeah, pretty much trial and error. And I think children at different stages have different needs. So there's no one-size-fits-all kind of method for parenting as long as your children grow up. Yeah. So for me, if I can reflect on the... I, I, I can think of three stages. So from toddler to before primary school is the is the stage of instruction. Yeah, it's also a stage where the children will uh, need a lot of instruction, a lot of uh, uh, form of discipline as well. So how do you discipline? How do you manage the balance of discipline? How do you manage this ter terrible two uh, stage, right? Or uh, uh, when they're younger, they try, uh, children become more demanding. How do you manage that? How do you balance love and discipline? And when you go to a stage of uh, primary school to pre-teens, it's the age of imitation. The, students, the children are looking at you, 
and looking for the parents as role model. But the pain points is always, hey, daddy, you tell me not to do, what are you doing? Ah? Mm. You tell me not to read, watch too much on my phone. Ah? Why you always spend time on your phone? Yeah. So why are you like that? Ah? Then you, they question you, right? So really, how do you, how do you, and, and sometimes because of ego, you tend to be, you get upset and you, you know, create a lot of, uh, you quarrels, you know, and tension in the family. And then at a little stage, teens, where I'm going through now, is a stage where your children are looking for inspiration. So you see instruction, imitation, inspiration. The children now are looking for inspiration. And they don't look to you for inspiration. Sometimes they look at you as, you're naggy, I don't want to talk to you. They'll shut themselves up. You know, now it's a stage where my children are going through a bit of teenage angst. They will go through the stage where, yeah, daddy, don't talk to me. So it, it was quite an adjustment for me because suddenly my jelly bean, the daughter of my je the jelly bean daughter I know, now is a bit like a Brussels sprout. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a bit of adjustment. And right now I have to reconnect and readjust my parenting style. So you see, along the years, it's really adjustment all the way. It's, there's no one-size-fits-all. And I think that's the challenge for many of us. So you mentioned about this uh, transition through the years, and I, I guess even as children grow up with the different influences that they have, um, you know, there's no one-size-fits-all. But yet at the same time, there's that uh, need to uh, process some of that uh, interactions with your child. For example, if they refuse to talk to you at this point in time, do you feel uh, a sense of like uh, a loss of pride in a sense that how come you used to talk to me but now you don't talk to me? Have you experienced that for yourself? So I think one of the things as parents is that we, since we are the adults, I always believe we, it's, the onus is on us to be the mature one. I think the challenge or the pain points of parenting is also to be able to eat a humble pie. <laughs> and especially for me as the man, uh, guy in the family, head of the household, uh, you know, you, I can be ego and say, you know, all oh, listen to me, my, that this law is always the law. Uh, you know, that, that these words are always the law. My rules are the law. You better listen and follow my rules. So really, I think for me, I have to decide what kind of parenting outcome I want to see in my children. So for me, importantly, as I talk to my wife, we really want to connect with our kids. So relationship forms the bedrock of the outcome that I want to see. Then if you want relationship, then and you want your children to be able to talk to you, so then, then you have to change the way you talk to your kids. Huh? You need to learn to connect with them, learn to learn how to sometimes be, eat the humble pie. If they don't want to talk to you, okay. Huh? Just today I was taking my girl to school huh, in the morning. Okay. I asked her some question. The answer is, uh, uh, uh. You know, that kind of like, I'm not really acknowledging you. She's giving me the like, daddy don't bother me kind of, you know. So for me, if I really want to be a daddy uh, with authority, uh, hey, you better talk to me now. Take off your AirPods now, turn it off and listen to me. So for me, it's okay, uh, never mind. She's not ready to talk. I'll find another chance to talk to her. Yeah. So really, what is, the, what is the outcome we want to see? And what, what do we really want? We want relationship? If you want relationship, sometimes we just have to eat the humble pie and find the right time to connect. But of course, having said that, I'm not saying uh, everything pander to your children's needs, you know. I'm not saying go to the extreme end and uh, you allow things like, oh, if they can be ill-disciplined, they can be rude. I think certain things at home still needs to watch. We still need to teach them, 
you still need to guide them if they fail, if they are rude and they fail to say sorry, I really have to talk to them. It's just not the way you talk to me or you talk to mommy. It's not right. Your tone is not right. Yeah, and a lot of times when you talk to me that way, sometimes you make us feel like you take us for granted. I have to be very firm and tell her that. Yeah, and I think along the way, as we keep reminding uh, the children, they will know. And, and they will know that you're also making an effort yeah, not to demean them, not to put them down. And you really want to connect with them. Yeah, so that's the way. And so if you want to connect with them, then you will really have to find ways to do so. And we need to make that first move to make them feel that I really genuinely want to talk to you. And, and children being children, teenagers, they can smell sincerity from very far. They will know whether you are authentic or not. Or you just want to check on them. Yeah, I actually read this uh, recently that young people these days, they they have a fear of sharing with their parents because they don't want to disappoint their parents sometimes. Um, the things that they may say may, may be hurtful. So they actually keep quiet. They, they control themselves. They don't talk. And then the parent will say, hey, how come my child is like that? Don't, don't talk to me. But actually, that on, on the child's point of view is, I don't want to let my parent down. I don't want to make them feel upset. Um, have you experienced this with the young people that you have worked with? Yeah, I pretty much a lot of times the relationship, um, parents who are not working well, or uh, the relationship not working well at home is um, parents wondering why their teenage children are not sharing things with them. But if you really hear from the children is the fact that yeah, they don't want to disappoint their parents. They don't want to let their parents down. It's true. And recently, I, I did ask my younger one. There was a period where she didn't feel so happy. My, my younger one is a very cheerful person, you know. And there was a period where I find, hey, she's not that cheerful, what's happening? And then uh, sometimes, and, and, and we, we really, me and my wife really did try to find time to talk to her over the holidays, this much holidays, talk to her a bit more. And then when she, we came to the topic of PSLE, she, she said something like, oh, I don't want, I, I'm feeling a bit stressed now because I don't want to disappoint you all. So to me, I think that's where I really grabbed that chance to really tell her and reassure her, hey, it's okay, you know, we, we, we just want to see, actually effort is more important. It's not the results. So I said, you know, if you, even if you, if you make your best effort and you fail your PSLE, it's okay. You know, daddy and mommy will still love you. She looked at me and said, really? Uh? I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> I think sometimes it's really finding the right time to reassure them and helping them to understand what we hope to see in them in terms of competence. I think recently I've so read, you know, when are children to be motivated? Actually, there are three things that are very important. How we give autonomy, how we help them to be competent, and how we help them to know that they are loved, the relatedness part. Yeah, so autonomy is really allowing them to give them some choice. Yeah, allow them to uh, make, make their voices heard and let them choose. Uh, and competence is really about helping them to know it's not the performance that matters only. Competence is really how we help them to be able to manage uh, stress, help them to manage uh, their work well, yeah, and that uh, we always focus on the effort. Yeah. And the basis of all this is really relatedness, how we relate to them build the relationship, and if you have all these ingredients, your child will, will be motivated. Mm. Yeah, I, I hear you say about all these ingredients, right? Uh, and then also, just now you mentioned about all the various pain points. So amidst of all these um, things that are, all these factors, right? What are some principles that you found helpful for yourself uh, as a parent? And what are some practical tips that, you know, even as your child grows older, uh, you'll be relevant regardless of the age? 
So just now I just I just shared uh, the, the, the self-determinant theory, right? Intrinsic motivation. A lot of times if our self-drivenness, a lot of, I'm sure parents out there will want their children to be self-directed. If you're self-directed, you can manage your life well. Wow, our parenting will be so easy, right? No need to check whether they do homework, no need to check whether they'll clean their rooms, you know? They don't have to be, uh, they'll learn to wake up on time on their own. So I think the three things I shared just now is important. Autonomy, competence and relatedness. Autonomy is really about allowing them to make the choice. Uh. Yeah. So, so in their own learning, in their own, I know our parents want children to do well in school, uh, do well in uh, enrichment, send them to many, many of these. So I think if you want to exercise certain autonomy, ask your children to choose. Uh. Yeah. So I ask my children, what do you need? What learning enrichment do you need? Is there any support you need? And uh, a lot of times is I don't detect for them. They tell me. Sometimes when we provide that kind of support, right, then we, after a while, your children find they really don't think it's necessary or they feel very, they drag their feet to go to a certain class they don't like, right? And I know parents will force, I don't care, I pay already, you better go. So we also must learn to balance a bit. Huh? When our children really cannot take it anymore, they, they're not they, enjoyable, they, they're really. not enjoyable yeah. anymore, then, then maybe it's time to rethink. So for example, recently, my kids do ask whether they can learn, one, my, my younger one can learn. She's very inspired when she saw her friends play the piano when she was very young. So can I learn music? I say, sure. So we send her to the music lesson. She thought playing piano, wow, so inspiring, huh? very easy, huh? very easy. Huh? Then we realized, wow, must practice every day, must practice, practice, so boring. Then practice the same thing all the time. Oh, cannot tahan, right? So after a while, she just started dragging her feet already. So, you know, the, the father in me uh, will say, don't care, uh, you pay already, just go. Uh. Yeah. So after a while, to, to me, it's like, okay, la, if you're not ready, you know, I really sat her down and said, you're not ready, then, then don't, uh, don't go. Uh. Yeah. So recently, she, you know, if you allow time, children will find back their passion. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't kill the passion of that time by forcing her to go, right? Because the, the flip side of it is force, 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 force. After a while, it's just go because they didn't say so. But I didn't. So recently, she found back her passion, want to play piano again. So instead of going for classes, she said, Daddy, I found this app that can teach me how to play piano on my own. She learned from the YouTube and from the app herself. She's, she's trying and playing on her own. So. Well, that's a lesson learned for me about being, having, giving them the autonomy. So then competence, right? Competence is not performance. Competence is not about, oh, must join competition, do very well, or exam must do well, you know, get a lot of A's and all that. I think more of it is really how do they are competent in managing their lives, managing relationship as well, managing uh, failures. Yeah. A lot of time we try to short circuit for our children. If they face some difficulty, oh, I jump in and help them. So I think we need to help our children fix their own problems. Yeah, if they have issues at home, in school, in relationship or some issues with their teacher or, or, or friends, fix it on your own. But you can guide them. We don't short-circuit the process and say, come in and try to be protective. And when they find themselves being able to learn how to be competent, uh, manage their, some parts of their lives, they will, be, really be more, they will become more independent. And then they'll be more ready as they grow older. I think at the end, all this to enable all of us to make this successful, you need to have relatedness, which is form good relationship with your children. So for me, creating time, being available is very important, I think. So no matter how busy I am uh, at night, and we ensure every dinner is a sit down together, have dinner together. We're very Asian, right? Uh, we're all Asian. So eat together, uh, we will talk. Uh, 
through eating you were born. Yeah, so every meal we try to talk, uh, try to talk anything, uh, anything under the sun, you just come with some topic, uh, so you, you connect with them. And this even when they are teenagers? Uh, even when they are teenagers. So uh, I will try, uh, I mean, even as a parent, for, for relatedness means uh, I also may, must make the effort. So recently, I have to learn to be a, ch- a, a kid again, right? My children loves anime, so I have to watch Attack on Titans. <laughs> I'm not like uh, thoroughly enjoying it, but at least I find it okay, la, interesting. Uh. Then I did it also because I want to talk to my kids. You know, you can then share the, 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 the values, you can share the plot, you can talk about the values from the protagonist in the show, you know, and then you can, you can talk. So you have a topic, common topic to talk about. So creating time is important. So every day a meal, and, and it's, it's research I've shown, even if, it's, uh, if, if you spend time to connect uh, over a meal, uh, the children will grow up well, grow up emotionally stable. Yeah. So that's one. Every holiday, every maybe once a quarter, we'll go out for special celebration. Always learn, uh, find time to celebrate together. Uh, last time pre-COVID, uh, every holiday, we will go somewhere. I'm not saying that every parent, uh, you know, some of us are very fortunate we can uh, go further, but don't have to go really far. It's just a simple uh, trip out to Malaysia. It's good enough. What I'm trying to say is create memories with your children. Yeah, create memories with your children. I think that's very important. And with that, your children will connect with you, they'll open up to you. Yeah, even as a teenager, they will. So on, on the things that uh, Daryl mentioned, Focus on Family has an ongoing parent-ed dialogue where we cover these points. And during these dialogues, we coach parents on how to adapt as their kids grow up, starting with understanding with, uh, his or her personality, how to discipline well, and how to create a loving and fun culture at home. Our next Parent Ed Dialogues are coming up in May, and you can sign up for it on our website at www.family.org.sg. Or you can drop a message on our Facebook page, and we'll help you to give you more information. Um, before we wrap up uh, today's session, it just, time just goes by so quickly. Is there one last encouragement for the parents who are listening? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, don't give up. Keep on loving your family. Yeah, keep on trying to connect with your kids, relate to them, and they will open up to you. So, you know, we, are, we heard from Daryl. Um, thank you for taking time uh, to be with us uh, today and really sharing your experience. Thank you. As mentioned, if you would like to attend our Parent Ed Dialogue, you can register on our website at www.family.org.sg or you can subscribe to our monthly e-newsletter, www.family.org.sg slash subscribe to be updated on our family life content. Do remember to follow the Parent Ed Podcast and help us to share this episode with your friends. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of the Parent Ed Podcast. Until the next episode, have a great week with your family. Mm-hmm.